Come on, let's give it to God today. Oh, clap your hands unto God and shout with a voice of triumph. Come on, let's let the Holy Ghost move a moment, shall we? Hallelujah, Jesus. You're great and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, come on, we can do better than that. We're clapping unto the King of kings and to the Lord of lords. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. I want to say that it is indeed my honor to have the privileged opportunity to stand behind this pulpit this morning. I want to give honor to the executive council. Amen. These good men, the general council, and all of my other good friends that are in the building today. Amen. I appreciate you very much. Now, I'm not going to I'll take a lot of time to get started this morning. I'm simply going to get to my point as quickly as possible. And my preaching is like under the cross-eyed discus thrower, Brother Godair. He won't set any records, but he will keep the crowd a-watching. Amen. So, so I'm going to hasten to my point today without qualifying everything that I'm going to say. Amen. Without, uh, let me just say that if my preaching offends you, I don't want it to, but people who complain about being offended by an apostolic preacher are like people who read the dictionary and complain about there being too many definitions in there. When you preach from the Word of God, it's Hebrews 4 and 12, quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Sometimes it'll offend. Amen. And, and I don't want to uh, take a lot of time to qualify a lot of the statements I'm going to make today. I'm just going to preach the Word of God to us. Matthew 24 and 24. Man, the words of Jesus. When I get done today, I hope there is no confusion if there was any before I came to this pulpit this morning as to what I believe and what I stand for, a Holy Ghost revival. And I love the apostolic message. I don't want to be like the Baptist preacher stepped in his pulpit on Sunday morning and said, uh, let's turn to the book of Daniel, chapter number 7. And he began to recognize a few visitors in the audience. And um, one man's name was Jack. He said, it's good to have Brother Jack. Got back to his text. He said, let's all turn to Jack Daniels, chapter 7. <laughs> Amen. And he was pretty confused. But the, the bad part was half of his deacon board started looking for it in the Bible. Amen. I don't want there to be any confusion about the Word of God today and my, and my purpose in this pulpit. Jesus said, for there shall arise false Christs and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. If it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. I want to preach to us this morning from this title, A Generation in Need 
of absolutes. A generation in need of absolutes. Is there anybody that's hungry for the truth of God's Word today? Is there any, is there any young men... Some young ladies that says, we want the absolute truth of God's Word this morning. If you want that, let's worship the Lord together. Amen. Let's let the Holy Ghost of God move a few moments. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. We're a generation in need of absolutes. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Before I go any further, let me, let me expound on the portion of Scripture that I have read in your hearing Jesus said, there shall arise false Christ. I don't think that he was in reference to a man standing up and saying that he was Jesus. But I am altogether convinced that Jesus was in reference to false doctrine. To false teaching. To false religion. And he said, if it were possible, the very elect would be deceived. We are not going to be deceived at summit in 2010. Why? Because we will declare the whole counsel of God. We will not compromise this message. We will not take away from it. We will not add to it. We won't water it down. The truth of God's Word is not up for debate or dialogue with those who have bartered on the open market this power which cannot be bought or sold for any price. Amen. We're in this house today because we love the apostolic message. We are here today because we love the truth of God's Word. Amen. We're here today to say that we're going to Jeremiah 6 and 16 stand in the ways and see and ask for the old path wherein is the good way and we're going to walk therein. Amen. There's a lot of different directions we could go this morning. There's a lot of different places you could have went this morning instead of coming to apostolic conference but thank God there's some men and some women that says we're not looking for anything new we're not looking for any compromise we're not looking for anything to change we just want to see what God has to say and let me tell you that God said you need to stand in the ways and look for the old path Hey man, I'm not interested in changing this morning. I want to know what God's Word has to say. And God's Word says if we'll do just what we've always done, we can be promised to have just what we've always had. Amen. And that's a Holy Ghost revival. Praise the Lord. Now, now let, me just, let me just preface by saying that I'm not a typical daytime speaker. Hey man, I'm, all I know how to do is preach. Is it alright if I preach to you today? Is anybody going to preach with me this morning? Amen. Are, are you going to preach with me this morning? Hallelujah, Jesus. President Barack Obama stood in a podium during the presidential campaign and said, we're only five days away from fundamentally changing the United States of America. We didn't need change. We needed reform. We needed restoration. We needed revival. There is a distinct difference between change and reform. 
Amen. We don't need change in the apostolic church. We don't need change with the apostolic doctrine. What we need is a Holy Ghost revival. We don't need to change the message. We don't need to change the way we preach, the way we have church. Amen. We don't need to change anything in the Word of God. We just need a revival of the book of Acts. We just need a revival of old-fashioned church that brought us to where we are is keeping us where we are and is going to bring us to the next level, brother. Hallelujah. God, give us a Holy Ghost revival this morning. We need a Holy Ghost revival. Romans 1 and 25 said there was a people who when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were they thankful. And the Bible said in verse 25 of Romans 1 that they changed the truth of God into a lie. Amen. We don't want to change the truth of God this morning. Don't tamper with the message. Don't water down the message. Don't try to see how soft you can get with the message. Amen. Let's try to see what we can do in the kingdom in this last hour. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. Praise the Lord. I'm hot to try. Amen. I, I, I'm telling you, I'm hot to try. Y'all don't know what that is. That's, that's what they do with the ponies at, at, the, at the horse races when they, they bring them out and they got two or three people holding them. And, and, you know, they just let them trot around a little bit and let them flex their muscles. Amen. I feel like flexing my muscles in the Holy Ghost this morning and, and seeing if God can speak through me to somebody in the house of God this morning. They change the truth of God into a lie. You cannot know a lie, but you can believe a lie and be deceived. Amen. But the Bible said, Jesus, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. You can, you can believe a lie and be damned or you can know the truth and the truth when you know it can set you free. Amen. We're not going to believe a lie this morning, but we're going to hold on to what the Word of God says is right. Now, now the same spirit and attitude that is in our nation and our country is prevailing in the church today. The apostolic church doesn't need change. We need re Revival. We need restoration. We need reform. Amen. Jeremiah 2 and 13 said, For my people have committed two great evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and have hewed them out cisterns, yea, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Listen to me this morning when I tell you that it's dirty sin to forsake the truth when it needs defending. We are not seeing how close to this world we can get and still stay in the church, but I want to see how close to God I can get and still stay in this world. Seem like I read somewhere in this Bible that I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. I may be in it, but I'm not of it. I may be in this devoluting society that doesn't believe the truth and, and calls wrong right and right wrong. And the Bible said, Woe unto them that, that change darkness into light and light into darkness and sweet to bitter and bitter to sweet. Amen. I'm not interested in that brand of compromised Pentecost this morning, but I'm interested in some men that says we're not going to forsake truth. We're going to hold on to the fountain of living water because that's the, that is the lifeblood of the church. Praise God. Pray. Come on, let's clap our hands. 
Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Brother Godair. Amen. If there's ever been an hour that we need a revival of truth and apostolic doctrine, it is in this hour. If there's ever been an hour uh, that we need a revival, uh, amen, and let me say that right now, present tense, uh, there is an unprecedented revival, uh, a Holy Ghost revival taking place uh, within the perimeters uh, of God's church uh, and in the arena of the apostolic church uh, where truth is preached. Uh, God will not bypass. Uh, God will not circumvent. God will not go around an apostolic church where truth is proclaimed and give somebody else a revival. But God is going to pour out His Spirit where truth is preached. God is going to pour out a Holy Ghost revival where truth is proclaimed. Now you might get a crowd when you compromise and start preaching some watered down message, but that's not a revival. Amen. Now all that is to me is another social network. All that is is another Facebook or a Twitter or everybody's apostolic. Amen. When you get a crowd out where there's no truth being preached, amen, all you got is a bunch of sin in a big building. Amen. But when you proclaim the Word of God, let me tell you Hebrews 2 and 3, God will confirm His Word with signs and wonders and divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to His own will. God wants to confirm His Word to this movement. God wants to confirm His Word where truth is being proclaimed. Praise God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Never have the things that matter the most to the apostolic church been under such attack. Never before has our doctrine been so questioned by so many within the perimeter of God's church. We're in a generation with no benchmarks, no direction, no absolutes. I want to declare to you today in my message title that this is a generation in need of absolutes. The absolute truth of God's Word. Let me tell you that I love the truth of God's Word. This is not a truth, but this is the truth. Amen. There's only one thing right, and we have it. There's only one message, and we have it. Stand ye in the ways. There's a plurality of ways, but there's only singular one right way. There's only one good way. And Jesus said in John 10 and 1, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say to you, if a man climb up any other way, he is the same as a thief and a robber. I'm not interested in climbing up another way to have a Holy Ghost revival. I just want to do what they've been doing for 2,000 years. Ephesians 2 and 20. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles. Foundations, everything. You can't build a strong house on a weak foundation. Foundations, everything. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles. That's why they call me apostolic. And the prophets. Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together. The only way it's going to be fitly framed together is when it's on the right foundation. For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And before you can lay the foundation, you better get back and look at Proverbs 28 and 12 where it said, Remove not the ancient landmarks which thy fathers have set. Don't remove the benchmarks. you got to have a benchmark and you got to have the perimeter 
layers in place before you can form up and lay a foundation and pour something solid. Hey man, I'm not interested in compromising this morning to build a big church and to get a great number in a crowd. Hey man, but I want to see what God wants. And God said they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers and Acts 2 and 47. The result of that is and the Lord added daily to the church such as should be saved. I'm telling you, God is going to give the increase if we just stay apostolic. Come on, somebody clap your hands with me. I wish somebody helped me preach this morning. I'm telling you, let's make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. If there's going to be a revival, and there is, it's going to take place in the apostolic church. Where the, the church where Jesus said the gates of hell shall not, shall not, shall not prevail against it. The gates of hell are prevailing against politics. The gates of hell are prevailing against education. The gates of hell are prevailing against religion. Amen. But the only thing that the gates of hell are not prevailing against is the one God apostolic tongue talking, foot stomping, aisle running, pew jumping apostolic church where truth is preached. Hell cannot prevail against the apostolic church. Devils might try to destroy it. Compromisers might try and tamper with it. But you can't destroy this message. Hey man, Ronald Reagan said, already quoted this morning. Hey man, I told Brother Puckett, I know you was in the Holy Ghost. And I must have read your notes or vice versa. Say, because you used three of my scriptures, brother. Amen. And then, brother, brother, go there. Introduction quoted Ronald Reagan. He said, No terrorist should ever question our resolve. No tyrant should doubt our courage. Jesus said concerning the last days in my text that I read in your hearing, and coming of false Christ and false religions, that if it were possible, it would deceive the very elect. There are people who, being, who are being swept away in wholesale numbers by the millions by false teaching and counterfeit religion. They are the personification of the phrase, there's a sucker born every minute. Don't be duped. Don't be fooled. Don't be deceived. There's only one thing right. And this is it. I'm gonna get. I'm just laying a foundation, Brother Coon. Hey, man. Hey, man. I'm. A, I'm only gonna preach thirty minutes today, and I'm out. I'm out. Hallelujah. I'm cognizant of the time. Now, modern day false religion is the same old girl with a new dress on. It's high tech, flamboyant, appealing, user friendly that will offend nobody, and I might add, won't save nobody. It has been stated that old error in a new dress is error nonetheless. What's the answer for our dilemma? And I tell you this morning that our nation, Brother Puckett, is going to hell because of the silence of this pulpit. Amen. These preachers, which are not but are hireling prophets, dumb dogs that cannot bark. These ear-tickling, weak-kneed, back-scratching, 
panty-waisted hireling prophets. Amen. That are compromising on the truth of God's Word. That are watering down this message. And are tearing away at the foundation. The termites of hell are eating away at the foundation of the very things that make us who we are this morning. Amen. Uh, uh, sermonettes for Christianettes. Amen. And Dr. Popsicle's getting up in his frozen TV dinner sermons being delivered on Sunday mornings and church so dead and cold it looked like any minute a polar bear come ice skating down the middle aisle and shake hands with a cold, dry, dead preacher. Amen. That's not what made the apostolic church what it is. Uh, let me tell you that this church was born in the fire. Uh, this church is not going out in the smoke. Uh, this church was born in a loud noise. Uh, it's not going out with a whipper. Uh, the truth has got to be proclaimed uh, to maintain our identity. Uh, the truth has got to be preached in this hour uh, like never before uh, if we're going to maintain our identity. Amen. We need some we need some barnstorming, window rattling, shingle pulling, hellfire and devil raising preaching. Uh, that preaching that will get down about the fifth rib. Uh, amen. And shake us up off our seat uh, of complacency. Uh, amen. And tell us uh, we need to get back to praying in the prayer rooms. Uh, we need to get back to foot stomping and aisle running church. Uh, amen. That's the church that I was born into. Uh, that's the kind of preaching I want. I can see some of y'all ain't with me. Amen. That got some of your bubblegum already, but I'll pop it before it's over with. Uh, amen. If you're not with me, you're not with the truth this morning. Because uh, I'm preaching out of the Word of God. Praise God. Amen. If we had more of that kind of preaching, Brother Godair, like we've heard all week, we wouldn't have so many Jezebels on the platform. Wearing so much makeup. Amen. Look like... Look like a gallbladder busted. Hey Amen. When they cry at an altar, look like a Southern California mudslide. Hey Amen. I feel like I'm at home this morning. Hey Amen. Dresses so tight, form revealing clothes. Hey Amen. Look like two pigs are fighting under a blanket. I'm telling you what, we need to get back to the old path. We need to get back. And get the attention off of us and put it back where it belongs on Jesus. We need to preach Jesus and Him crucified. That's what built churches in America. That's what's going to keep our churches where they are and bring them to the next level. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Amen. Just warm it up a little bit. Donald Heyman said in his book, The View from My Veranda, which I might add is a good book. I read it cover to cover. He said, Soft-headed preaching has failed America, leaving a vacuum which has been filled by the intrusion of civil government into family affairs. Truth is under attack. Our doctrine is under attack. If you don't believe that, you've taken the proverbial ostrich with his head stuck in the sand vision way out. Amen. You can be deceived if you lose your love for the truth. I'll prove it to you. Thessalonians 2 and 10. Because they receive not a love for the truth. God sent them strong delusion. They're believing the lies they're preaching today. 
The reason I write notes is because I won't get in trouble. I've got to stick with my notes. Amen. The holiness message hath no greater enemy, John Wesley said, than those who once embraced its tenets. For having forsaken righteous, they cannot bear to forsake alone, but are not and will not rest content until they bring others to their estate. We are a generation, brethren, in need of the absolute truth of God's Word. We have confused right and wrong to the degree that Psalm 82 and 5, all the foundations of the earth are out of course. Amen. The Word of God admonishes us to safeguard against false doctrine. I love the truth of God's Word. Amen. The only answer is the absolute truth of God's Word. If it were possible, but it's not possible in Summit 2010 because here we love the truth, we preach the truth, we defend the truth, we fight for that which is right, we look at lies and false doctrine in the eyes and compromise and say Romans 3 and 3, for what? If some did not believe, shall their unbelief make the Word of God without effect? God forbid! Let God be true and every man a liar before one line or one precept of this Bible ever changes. Every man will be a liar. Every man will be a liar. Amen. Truth is contingent. Its survival is contingent upon preachers. Not just old gray-haired preachers. I don't mean that disrespectful. But amen, I don't have to qualify everything. I'm going to say I love you and I respect you. Amen. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in total submission to my 81-year-old pastor. Amen. But I love when young men get up and declare the whole counsel of God. Don't be ashamed to preach holiness. Don't be ashamed to preach doctrine. Praise God. Don't be ashamed to name sin. Don't be ashamed to get up and look at a big tie payer in the eye and say if you don't get dirty sin out of your house you're going to take you and your family to hell. Amen. That's like sick them to a bulldog, brother. Praise God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. Let God be true and every man a liar. I don't care who's saying it. And how big a crowd he's got and how influential he is in any organization. If he's forsaken the old paths, they call him emergent church. i got a new word for the new word emergent church. It's called backsliding church. I said they're backslid. You can sit on a pew and claim the Holy Ghost and salvation and be backslid. Amen. You don't need to change the truth of God's Word. You can preach truth and build a church. Now, a revival of the absolute truth is the, is the answer for the dilemma we're in. Absolutism. Webster defined it. Any theory holding that values, principles, doctrines are absolute, positive, certain, and not, here's a bad word, relative, dependent, or changeable. The absolute church has absolutes. The only message that is absolute is the apostolic message. Amen. Now, let me bring a portion of Scripture here. Haggai 2 and 12. Why I believe, and y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, why I believe that it is not a good idea to have dialogue with those who do not believe and preach our doctrine. Haggai 2 and 12, can you put it up? If one bear holy flesh in the skirt of his garment, and with his skirt do touch bread or pottage or wine, or oil or any meat, 
shall it be holy? And the priest answered and said, no. Verse 13, then said Haggai, if one that is unclean by a dead body touch any of those, shall it be unclean? And the priest answered and said, it shall be unclean. I'm in no way inferring that we should teach our, we should not teach our doctrine to those who are lost and searching for truth. Our doctrine can withstand any scrutiny, any debate that unbelievers are those who have questions as to the hope that lies within us. Our doctrine can stand any test or judgment from anyone. Amen. But I don't want to find similarities and common ground with three God preachers. With Trinitarians. You cannot change what cannot be changed. It's not up for debate. It's not under question. It's not unchangeable. That's categorical and final. According to the Levitical law, one doesn't become holy by association with the holy. But conversely speaking, the holy will be contaminated if it comes in contact with the unholy. That's why I don't want my kids going to the movie theaters. That's why I don't want my kids going to Trinitarian conferences. That's why I don't want my kids mixing with the world wherefore come out from among them and be separate saith the Lord cause they're gonna become who they rub shoulders with if you're here and you're in the valley of decision as to whether or not you should hook up with this fellowship let me tell you you owe it to your children to rub shoulders with men that preach truth I owe it to my children I owe it to my grandchildren I owe it in defense of the unborn and I'm not promoting any fellowship. Nobody asked me to do anything. Hey Amen. I don't care if you're UPC or AMF or WPF or independent. Hey Amen. I love everybody. And I've got friends on every end of the spectrum. Hey Amen. And some of my closest friends are United Pentecostal men. Hey Amen. But I know that this fellowship has the direction. We are all revivalists. And we are all non-compromise. We all believe in a Holy Ghost revival. And we're not compromising one inch of the world. Word of God. Amen. We're not backing up from the truth. We're not watering it down for revival. Is that alright? I'm telling you, don't... Somebody said, I don't understand everything about the fellowship. I'm going to wait a little while. I don't understand how a black cow eats green grass, drinks clear water, and gives white milk, but I'm going to still enjoy blue bell ice cream. I don't understand everything there is to know about electricity. I'm not going to live in the dark until I do, Brother Deeds. I love you, Brother Deeds. You remind me of my papa. That's the preaching I grew up on. Hey, man, not afraid to tell a man that... that I'm going to stay off of it. I'll get in enough trouble before it's over, brother. Now, I see y'all ain't going to help me today. I'm going to just preach. Notice the usage of the word must. A generation in need of absolutes. The word must in the Greek means day. D-I-D-I-D-E-I. Hey Amen. I do know a little Greek. He runs a little Lebanese restaurant on the corner down from the church. Hey Amen. John 3 and 7. You marvel not. That's why we got Bible for not shooting marbles. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must 
be born again. John 3 and 5, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man is born again of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. I don't care if T.D. Jakes says that water in John 3 and 5 means the mother's water breaking and giving. That's Baptist lies. I said that's false doctrine. Beware lest you be deceived. There's people that used to preach what I'm preaching that says John 3 and 5 is amniotic fluid in a mother's womb. Amen. I'm careful. But I'm telling you, it means Acts 2.38 is a mirror image of John 3 and 5. Except a man is born again of water and of spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Acts 9 and 6, here's another must. And it shall be told thee what thou must do. Hebrews 11 and 6, He that without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder. Must believe that he is. That must is the same must of John 3 and 7. Is the same must of Acts 9 and 6. Is the same Acts 4 and 12. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must not to join the church amen not to get on the church's roll not for an added blessing but you must do that to be saved that's not open for debate this is a generation in need of absolutes don't water down young preacher when you preach to the youth group don't water down when you preach a conference or a meeting for fear of not getting to preach again amen I want to spend more time at home with my wife I'm going every Friday right now amen this might ensure this might be my Alpha and Omega but I'm going to preach the truth when you get me to preach don't worry if I'm going to compromise I'm not compromising I'm earnestly contending for the faith because my children need it because your children need it must John 8 24 Jesus said except you believe that I am he you shall die. that sounds like a must you shall die in your sins not maybe verse 8 27 and they understood not that He spake to them of the Father. Paraphrase version, South Louisiana. Except you believe that I am the Father, you're going to die in your sins. Jesus was not Jehovah Junior. He was not a second person in the Trinity. Those are not a matter of semantics. Trinitarianism and creeds of the councils of Nicaea of the 4th century and 325 A.D. are not a matter of semantics. It's a matter of heaven and hell. It's a matter of truth and lies. Amen. I'm one God from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14, and the Word was made flesh. He was the Father in creation, the Son in redemption, and the Holy Ghost in the church. At, at Bethlehem, He was Christ with us. At Calvary, He was Christ for us. And at Pentecost, He was Christ in us, the hope of glory. There are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Not two, not three, but one. One Lord, one faith. For there is one body and one spirit. One Lord and one, one hope. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all. Who is above all, through all, and in you all. 
Absolutes on salvation. Absolutes on salvation. Matthew 28, 19. Go ye therefore. Teaching all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. I'm glad I know that name is not a title. John 5 and 43, Jesus said, I have come in my Father's name. Now I got enough sense. Amen. And I'm homespun schooling. Hey Lord, I didn't go to Bible school. You can tell that already. But, but I got enough sense to know if Jesus said I've come in my Father's name, that the name of the Father had to be Jesus. And if Jesus said, Matthew one twenty one, the angel said, she should bring forth the Son and call His name Jesus, then the name of the Son had to be Jesus. And that, when you put two and two together, amen, it has to add up to John 14 and 26, but the Holy Ghost, which is the Comforter, Jesus said, whom my Father will send in my name. So when I baptize somebody, I don't put them down in Trinitarian titles, a Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, but I put them down in the only sin-killing name, and that's the name of Jesus. For Deuteronomy 6 and 4 on the absolutes of the Godhead are, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. God is one Lord. Shammai Israel, Adonai, Elohim, you Adonai, Echad. And without controversy, 1 Timothy 3 and 6, great is the mystery of godliness. Without controversy, it's not up for debate. Without controversy, it's not up for question. Great is the mystery, for God was manifest in the flesh. Somebody shout His name. Justified in the Spirit, shout His name. Seen of angels, shout His name. Preached unto the Gentiles, shout His name. Believed on in the world, shout His name. Received back up into glory, shout His name. That's why we're Jesus only, but we're Jesus everything. We don't believe that Jesus was a second person. We believe He was God. Manifested. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost today. Come on. Hey man, is my time up already? I'm only on the second page in my 30 page notes. I'm sorry. We're in the church building business. Let me preach to every preacher, especially young men. And I love you. God called us to move, not be static. You can't build a church. We're in the church building business. You can't build a church with a golf club in your hand. You can't build a church with a fishing pole in your hand. You can't build a church with a shotgun in your hand. Not that those things are to be condemned. Because I'll do it with the best of them. Hey man, I've been fishing all year and had fun the, the one time I went this year. Amen. Had a good time. God blessed us with much seven, eight pound bass. But amen. Let me tell you something. Young man, if you're here today and you're looking for inspiration, action generates inspiration. Amen. You, you, you may not have money. It don't take money to have revival. Get out. Carve you out a bus route. Carve you out a van route. Get out and knock some doors. Teach some home Bible studies. Tell somebody about what God has done, is doing, and is going to do. Get them baptized in the name of Jesus. When you get your first soul under your belt, your chest will bow out about four foot, and you'll get enough bulldog determination to go out and preach the 
somebody else. Amen. Before you know it, in the past nine months, we've had 1,300 first-time visitors in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Not repeats, but first-time visitors. We've baptized over 65 people in Jesus' name since January the 1st in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Amen. I'm not bragging. I don't want a medal or a chest to pin it on, but I'm just telling you, you can have revival and preach the truth of God's Word. Amen. I don't want to use a personal reference. I don't want to talk about it. I just want to tell you that we need absolutes. And the absolutes for revival is prayer and fasting and outreach and running buses and bringing people to church. Amen. I've only been up here 29 minutes. I've still got 60 seconds to preach these last 20 pages. Hey man, uh, absolutes on holiness. A generation in need of absolutes. Follow peace with all men, holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Hey man, First Peter two and nine. But ye are a chosen generation. You didn't choose this, preacher. God chose you. Hey man, you didn't choose this church. God chose you in this church. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. Word peculiar comes from original language, pecuniary. Brother Wilson, that means movable treasure. That means we're a movable treasure. We're peculiar. There's something peculiar about us. The longer the Lord tarries, amen, the more of an oddball, the more you're going to stick out to this old backsliding world. Amen. Now, I'm not going to preach. I'm just going to give you the absolutes of God's Word on holiness. I I need to preface that in telling you I'm not preaching for fear of offending somebody. But I'm going I'm I'm to quote to you from the Word of God. Deuteronomy 22 and 5. It is an abomination for a woman to wear that which pertaineth unto a man. I'm not preaching. I'm just reading out of the Bible. It is an abomination. One version that I'm not going to name says it is disgusting to God for a woman to put on a man's garment. And a man to put on a woman's garment. I'm against these backslidden Pentecostal preachers that the first sign of their backslidden state is they go out and grow them a goatee. Where is it in the book? I'll give you Bible for it, but I'm just preaching right now. Amen. I'm not in the Bible. I'm going to just preach to you. Hallelujah. Can I tell you that it is an abomination unto the Lord for a woman to wear that which pertaineth to a man? Amen. 2 Corinthians 6.17 Wherefore come out from among them. 1 Corinthians 11.14 Doth not nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it is a shame unto him? Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and 6 For if the woman be not covered, let her also be shorn or shaven. For this cause, verse 10, ought the woman to have power upon her head because cause of the angels. What angels was he talking about? The angels that sat atop the mercy seat. The mercy seat that sat atop the Ark of the Testament. What was in that Ark of the Covenant? The broken law. The Aaron's rod that butted. That pot of manna. God's provision. God's power. And God's authority. So when a woman cuts her hair, she loses her authority in the home. She loses her covering. So she loses her authority. She loses her power. Amen. And she loses her provision. I'm not interested in becoming like the charismatics. I'm not interested in becoming like the Trinitarian.
experience. I want to see how apostolic I can stay and build a church that is a church. Amen. I thought y'all be worshiping the Lord with me by now. Amen, amen, amen. Two more scriptures and I'm out. Jeremiah 4 and 30. Though thou deckest thyself with ornaments of gold. Though thy paintest thy face. Rent your face with painting. In vain shalt thou make thyself fair. Thy lovers will despise thee and seek thy life. Amen. What are we trying to get like the world for? Let me sum up holiness and I'm going to sit down. Hebrews 11:15 and truly, if they had been mindful of that country from which they had come out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. Nothing in the church needs to remind you of what God delivered you out of. Nothing on the platform needs to remind you of the bar rooms and the honky-tonks and the nightclubs, what God delivered you out of. If it's like the world, it's not of Jesus. If it's like the church, it's like heaven. Amen. I feel like shouting a little bit. Let me give you an absolute on praise. Absolutes on praise are... I'm almost done. Hold on. Amen. He's my daddy. He's just going to shut me down. Amen. They got to do that in Baton Rouge. Now, I was born in a worshiping church, and I'm out. I mean, I was born in a worshiping church. Amen. I know what it is to be four and five years old laying under a pew. Amen. In high heels, dancing all around my head. Wonder I don't have Dane Bramage today getting stomped on. Amen. I know what it is, brother. Go there to reach out and get a piece of juicy fruit underneath the pew and chew on a little while. Amen. Put it back up there and get some ABC Big Red. Chew on it a little while. I had a drug problem my whole life. My daddy drugged me to church. He drugged me to camp meetings. He drugged me to conferences. Thank God for it. It did. Somebody said, I don't want to force my children to go to church. They might hate it. That makes about as much sense as I don't want to force my boy to take a bath. He might hate water. I don't want to force them to go to youth camp. They might hate it. But we'll let them go hang out with the friends in the world all day. Amen. If you're going to have a Holy Ghost revival and your children are going to be revived in the Holy Ghost, they better get lock, stock, and barrel in the church. Amen. And fall in love with the apostolic doctrine. And fall in love with the absolute truth of praise and worship. I want you to know how you ought to behave yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God. When I dance and when I leap and when I run, I'm just behaving myself for the gross. I'm just behaving myself. If I sit down like a bump on a dill pickle and a worm on a log or a frog, amen, I'm not behaving myself. I'm misbehaving. A revival church is a shouting church. A revival church is a worshiping church. A revival church is a praising church. A revival a church is a dancing church, a revival church. Ah! Hallelujah, Jesus. Church. What kind of church is it? This is an apostolic church. I'm clapping for 
just take a couple of minutes. I want some young men that's got my back. Hey man, I'm not talking about the white hairs. I'm not talking about the middle-aged men. I'm 32. I don't know nothing from nothing. I don't deserve what I have. Hey man, I don't deserve the church that I receive. I don't deserve it. But I know I, it wasn't given to me. Hey man, to spend all day on the golf course and in the lake. Not that those things are to be condemned, but what built the church that I'm a Somebody getting out and running bus routes. I can't afford buses, but I'm going to go broke and buy them anyway. Bought them from the Baptist church in town. I don't want to be a martyr, and I hate the personal reference, but I hung up the phone after I told him, hey man, and my wife said you shouldn't have done it. Hey man, that night I got a phone call and somebody said, I'm, I'm signing a check over to you. It's a commission check from real estate. She said, I want you to have an exact amount to the dollar what I needed to buy my buses. I'm not poor mouth and I'm just telling you. If you take a step in the right direction, you take one, God will take two. Hey man, and I, I, I want some men to realize that this was not entrusted to us to treat with disregard like a profane mind such as Esau, Brother Lambeth. But if we're going to be the church of the 21st century, we're going to have to do just what they did in Acts, the second chapter. Hey man, we're going to have to go out and compel them. We're going to have to bring some... I wonder if there's some young men that believe what I'm preaching. Hey man, the compromisers are saying you don't need to pray to get a message. I wonder if there's some men that still... Come on, you ought to be up here with me. I don't want to make a spectacle of anybody. But my children need to see somebody else beside me preaching what I'm preaching. My children, my wife needs to see somebody else. Amen. My wife needs to see some other wives preaching. Come on, man. Come on. Does anybody want the mantle in the upper? Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Come on. Come on. Run up here. Let's have a foot stomping time for a little while. This church ain't going down. This church ain't staying stagnant. This church is going up. This church is going revival. This church... It's an apple. 
dollar shirt. It's a hand clapping, wood stomping, I'm running, tongue talking. Can it cost a apostolic church? What kind of church is it? It's an apostolic church. What kind of church is it? It's an apostolic church. What kind of church is it? Shout with 